that's pretty good. So, I guess so, yeah, okay. Hey, y'all, what have I not done? Okay. Uh, so today, uh, some of you know John Stearns, John and Kitty there. They were our uh, oh, regional for a while, and then later they became the area pastors. They're in Franklin, Tennessee, the Franklin Vineyard. They started 20 years ago. Today is their last day to preach, or John's preaching. And they've installed some new pastors that are there pastoring, but they'll start up next week. And... Uh, John is going to try to help um, Christian business people do stuff. So he's starting a business, a cruise business, like cruise, cruises, however you say that. And so using that as a model to help other people that want to do Christian stuff. So they're moving on to something else. We have a new area person I don't think I've ever met. Her name uh, is Lindsay, Lindsay, I think. Not Lindsay, Lindsay, just Lindsay something. She's in Alcoa, Tennessee, I think. So we, we will take Alabama, the, our part of Alabama, and connect it up into Tennessee, and that'll be our new area. I'll have to look at it on a map to see exactly how they put us out. That's, this is all that reorganization, the reorg, as they call it, that started with J. Pathak is the new national director and working way down to the area. So we have about 500 churches in America now. And uh, I think there's some new church plants here and there. You know, there's one up in Florence, I think, that's been going on. But we, uh, Gia and them, Gia and David closed Huntsville and Inverness has been closed. But Cherry and Melvin, they're starting up one in the Roebuck area of Birmingham. So, anyway. Good, here's my Bible at the same height, and everything is, let's see if I can read it. And words aren't any bigger than last week. <laughs> Getting older, I take something that is helpful, except that it makes my eyes water. And... Stuff. Turn with me to um, Acts 15. Um, Todd is teaching, I think this afternoon, if he goes on to the next one, he's been doing the three W's uh, that we talk about. The three-legged stool of the vineyard sort of is, is worship, the word, and the works. So he spoke on worship, I believe. Last week or the last period of time, so he's going to take one of the other two, I think, this afternoon at the 4 o'clock. So this is New American Standard. Lord, we uh, speak to us. I mean, really speak to each of us where we are. You, you know where each of us is today. Your will. Thank you for the worship. It's still lingering in the air. We worship you, Lord, this Lord's Day. In Jesus' name. I don't know. Do any of you ever watch the news? I have this bad habit of 
turning on these little, I have a little app that gives me little short parts of news and I can get in trouble within a few minutes because they're like, I don't like what they said in this one, I don't want what they said in that one, I don't want what they said in that one. And so then I, and then I go and, and I listen to a podcast, uh, Tucker Carlton, you know, the Fox brother, the brothers that own the Fox Network stuff, for whatever reasons, let him go, and he started his own podcast, and he interviews people, and I'll listen to one, and it'll be great, and the next one will just scare the bejesus out of me, whoever he talks to. It's like, I don't know where he finds these people. And he was talking about somebody that's really keeping up with the WHO, the World Health Organization, and their plans to rule the world through health and countries, sort of. That's the short version. So anyway, I, I can get off on this stuff, and my loving wife, I'll put loving in front of it. She is loving. My loving wife, I'll walk through and I'll say two or three negative things. She'll go, you've been listening to the news or reading the news again, haven't you? You just need to quit that. It's not good for you. It just gets in, in you, you know, and I She'll be having a nice, quiet time with the Lord, and I'll just be stopping by on the way to go to work. And I just happen to, you know, talk like, how did you sleep last night? And I'll tell her how I slept. And then I'll tell her five news things that I've looked at since 5 a.m., and I've gone off the deep end already. Is that kind of how it is, sort of? Yeah. It's, that's the nice version. You'd tell, ruins her peace, you know, she'll go, I can't even get back and find where I was in scripture with God because you walked in here, you and the Fox News Network. I'm trying to do better. I'm probably not doing better. I'm trying to do better. So one of my good friends, Wayne Finley, I don't know if it was Wayne's wife, Pam, or Wayne, but Wayne sends out a little thing to some of his friends because his brother Rick has been having, Rick had back surgery and, and it went okay and then it didn't go okay and he had reactions to the meds and different stuff. I don't even know the whole history of it, but he ended up in UAB and having to be put on a lung machine and all this stuff. He's gone back and forth and them learning how to work with Rick and he's getting better because they cut back on different stuff. So anywhere, somewhere in this, he, four or five guys that knew Rick, Rick was in class with me and Wayne's older, and uh, someone, maybe Wayne, I, I, probably Pam, it was his wife, this is a school teacher me footnoting this, y'all don't care about this part. He sent out a worship uh, little piece of video from, is it called Passion? I don't, it was Passion, and it was in Atlanta, and they are singing. The, there's a worship team of about four or five, and this one guy is leading it on this one particular song, and I don't know if it's even the song is Hallelujah to the Lord or something. I mean, it's just like one sentence, and he starts. they start singing it. Pretty soon, the five worship leaders are up there, and they're kind of walking. You know how worship, on a, on a, in the round, there's like three tiers of young, younger people. I don't know what ages. They, sh- they even have little uh, uh, flying cameras in the room because there's just so... Ah, oh, all young. Up to age 25? Yeah. Wow. So they start off, and they were good enough to write like, you got to watch it to the end to have the experience with it. 
I'm playing it in here somewhere, you know, and it's, it's pretty good. And I'll look up at it, and here's the five worship leaders standing up, and they're all kind of looking at different parts of the room. And then the next time I look up, there's three worship leaders standing up, and two are face down. And the next time I look at it, there are four worship leaders laying on their faces, and one on his knees. And now the one on his knees is laying down. And there are three tiers of thousands of young people singing the same sentence for like, what, eight minutes, eight or nine minutes? I got so dizzy with the spirit coming in here that I had, I had to just like lay back in the chain and just, just, wow, oh my goodness. Agnes Day is what they were singing. Goodness, wow. It made me... You know that how we say, well, God's always got another generation coming along? God's got another generation. Oh, gosh. No matter what craziness is going on in our country, at our national capital, or down the street, or next door, or whatever, there's a bunch of young people that know how to meet with God. And the Holy Spirit came in there, they were laying on the floor. They were dancing. They were th three thousands of them. Wow. Wow. Okay. So last week, I did the background uh, about David being in the cave at Adullam and writing Psalms 34 and all the little things in it. And once you could see it, once you knew what was going on in his life, and then you could see what had happened, you saw him in the cave, and you saw him writing a song, and we talked about Simon, Simon and Garfunkel and Simon writing after the president had died, you know, and writing sounds of silence, and that, you know, we can worship. We, we can, songwriters and different things, we can do stuff. So let's go back and pick up. And we'll see if there's something in 15. Because last week when I looked at 15, I just didn't want to go to 15. I didn't think that's what's going on. Chapter 15 is kind of, you know, Luke is such a, he's he's good historian and, and, and a doctor. And he's good, he just documents all this stuff, what was happening. So it sounds like experiences that you and I have with other Christians and stuff. In their case, it's with other Jewish people because we've got, Christians that are Jewish, and you know, and now we have some Gentiles that got saved because you know Peter and God sent him over, and he starts talking to them, and the Spirit falls on him, and he has to kind of be called in on the carpet and explain, "What were you doing?" Oh, "I was just telling them about Jesus," and they started speaking in tongues, and well, I had to baptize them, didn't I? You know, I mean, that's you know, kind of the storyline. So, some men came down from Judah. And began teaching, this is New American Center, began teaching the brethren this sentence, unless you are circumcised or according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. Now, Christianity has a lot of denominations. I used to know, like, how many were active at one time. And it's something like, I don't even remember the numbers. Like since the Protestant Reformation, there have been something like 23,000 denominations formed. And that last time when I saw it, there were still 8,000 active in the world. 
These are just protesters, just the Protestants that came out of the Catholic Church. Yeah, 23,000, you got 8,000 going. So I can relate to stuff if somebody comes along. Um, if I give an illustration, then it sounds like I'm getting, I'm complaining about somebody. Can I do just one? I did just, have you ever met a Jesus-only person? Have you? Like, their spiritual thing is, it's like Jesus only. I mean, it's a, forget the Father, forget the Holy Spirit, it's Jesus only kind of stuff. So, you got to be baptized in, you know, it's kind of all be about Jesus. I go, well, but, but, you know, there are passages in the New Testament where all three, one God, three persons, you know, three personalities. Uh, okay, so this is sort of like that. Unless you're circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you can't be saved. They're, they're just adding this. You can be a Christian, but you got to be. You got to go through the Jewish stuff, and then you can stack it up. Okay, so verse two. So when Paul and, and Barnabas, they had great dissensions and debate with with the Judaizers. And the brethren determined, like, what are you going to do? So they determined that Paul and Barnabas and some of the others of them should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders concerning this issue. Okay, you're going to meet, you're going to talk about stuff. Okay, we have stuff going on in all across Christianity now and all the different subgroups. Verse 3, therefore, being sent on their way by the church, they were passing through two of the towns and describing... In detail, it says, the conversion of the Gentiles and were bringing great joy to all the brethren. They were telling what, you know, because they'd been sent by the Holy Spirit, remember? He had sent them out on a mission. And so they had gone to different places across Asia Minor and working their way back. And then, and then they'd gotten back to Antioch. And then the Judaizers had showed up and saying, well, they got to be circumcised or it's not, it doesn't take completely. Well... Paul and Barnabas had seen other things, and they disagreed with them, and they were having discussions. And so then, thus, they've gone down to Jerusalem. Verse 4, And when they arrived at Jerusalem, they, re they were received by the church and the apostles, they're still there, and uh, the ones that are there, and the elders, and they reported all that God had done with them. You know, kind of a mission report of the missions that they'd been on and stuff. But some of the sect, of the Pharisees, because being a Pharisee, you're kind of religious. You can be a Christian now, but you still got some baggage on there, probably, of how you perceive things. Who had believed stood up saying it's necessary to circumcise them and to direct them to observe the law of Moses. They got to they gotta follow the law of Moses, and, and they're Gentiles. We've got to get them circumcised so they look like the Jewish people. You know, it's like you got to have all these... Dotting and crossing going on. Verse 6, and the, and the apostles and the elders came together to look into the matter. Ah, so now we're going to have a meeting. Bore, a big, long meeting. Which, if you've ever been at a big, long church meeting, you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, you could have gotten through with the business in two and a half minutes, but it's three hours later, and you want to go home, and you're hungry, or you want to go to bed, or whatever, and you still didn't figure it out. I can kind of read, I just read into that, that that's what's going on. Verse 7, and, and at, um, after there had been much debate, New American Standard says, I, I outline that, much debate, 
Peter stood up and said to them, Brethren, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles would, uh, would hear the word of the gospel and believe. It's just, this is what happened. Verse 8, And God, who knows the heart, testified to them, giving them the Holy Spirit, just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, cleansing their hearts by faith, these Gentiles. Now, therefore, why do you put God to the test by placing upon the neck of the disciples a yoke which neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? All of the stuff that was added on after, Mo you know, the, the Jewish people, the longer they went, the more extra stuff got piled in by rabbis down through the years, all this stuff, just, just more and more stuff you had to live, you had to do. And they weren't being able to do even the beginning things. Verse 11, but we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they also are. And all the, verse 12, and all the people kept silent, and they were listening to Barnabas and Paul as they were relating what signs and wonders God had done through them among the Gentiles. And after they had stopped speaking, James answered saying, because, you know, James is kind of the, he's turned into kind of like the head person in Jerusalem. So now James is going to, you know, kind of like lay out something. So after they stopped speaking, James answers saying, brethren, listen to me. Simeon, he, the name for, you know, for Peter, has related how God first concerned himself about taking from among the Gentiles a people for his name. And with this, the words of the prophets agree, just as it is written. After these things, I will return. I will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen. And I will rebuild its ruins. And I will restore it so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord. And all the Gentiles who are called by my name says the Lord, who makes these things known from long ago. He's pulling from the prophets. He put it together right there. Therefore, it is my judgment that we do not trouble those who are turning to God from among the Gentiles, but that we write to them that they are to abstain from things contaminated by idols, from fornication, from what is strangled, and from blood. We'll come back and talk about that in a minute. Lloyd and I were talking in the bookstore earlier because I was going in there reading over things. And we started talking about the Holy Spirit. And... I'm just going to deviate here and go and and this is a not about anybody anywhere. It's 
being raised in the church in the South, the Christianity, somewhere, somehow, we got spiritual gifts. We, in a lot of places, we don't have the right um, understanding of spiritual gifts. And I don't know if you've been in circles like that, but they'll say, well, you know, you can take a spiritual gifts inventory and find out what you're good at. And by taking this little form and, you know, fill in the blanks, it'll tell you what your giftedness is. Has anybody ever taken one of these? Yes, there's a, I see a hand. I hear a voice. I, ha, I have. Yeah. I can't tell you what I was on that. But we were all gun ho It sounded so good. I don't even remember who put it out. I mean, we all had to pay a dollar to get a printed copy that, you know, the, you know, buy one and fill it out. And then you find out how you're gifted. If I could go back in time to then, I would have caused an uproar. Because I don't think that's how it is at all. How it works. Let's back up to the, like, I was telling Lloyd about hearing one New Year's. I don't know what I was listening to, but it was at midnight. And, and they had a rabbi on. I was listening to something in New York City. And this rabbi was going to bless this beginning of the new year. Right? So they give the microphone to the rabbi, whoever he was, and he starts praying. Now, I don't know that I had ever heard a rabbi pray like that. Maybe I'd never even heard a rabbi pray. He started addressing God the Father. Now, he doesn't call him Father. He just says, God, creator of all things. And then it just gets more and more and more. Wow. Wow. Like, he may not know Jesus, but he knows God the Father. He knows how to be reverent and how to put it into words and how awesome God is. I mean, how awesome God our Father is. I mean, he, he, he got it out there. I, w- I was going, I wish I could have copied that. That was just phenomenal what he said. So this phenomenal God that we, it says in unapproachable light that our Father has a place at his right hand, a place of honor, and now Jesus, Son of Man, Son of God, you know, Son of David, all these, the top, he has, God, he has sat down after he's been raised from the dead, after he's appeared for 40 days to them, and he goes up, you know, and the angel says, why, why are you looking up toward the sky? You know, he's going to come back just the same way, you know, the last time we see him on earth, right? And God the Father, and our Father, the Almighty, has seated Jesus at, at the place of honor, at his right hand, and Jesus... In the fullness of time, in those 50 days of Pentecost, 10 more days after he's been gone, somewhere at the throne of heaven, the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus, Son of God, asked Father to send the Spirit. And he does. 
and the Holy Spirit comes on the morning of Pentecost. And he's been here on people down through history, but not like this. Not like the morning of Pentecost with them seeing wind blowing and there were all these languages and flames of fire. I mean, it's a pretty good introduction. So, I perceive it, maybe because it's the art teacher background of doing different kinds of art stuff, you know. I would have students that didn't know they could do art. They got put in art because they were troublemakers, usually somewhere else, and it was halfway through the school year, and they put them in the art room. I can remember particularly one of them that she was painting some lion's heads. Like she had three different lion's heads from different positions on this painting. And now, I can't think of her name right now. She was a troublemaker. She fit in the art room perfectly. So she's doing these lines, and I walked by, and I went, wow, Deborah, Deborah something. Don't go telling names. I'm not sure if that's right. We'll have to erase some of this. Let's just call her Deborah. Okay. Okay. There's trouble with a Glencoe person being in here. Okay. And so, so Deborah, I walked by. I was the art teacher checking on everybody. I went, wow, that's really good. Um, oh, Mr. Bentley, it's not very. No, no, no. That's exceptionally good. The way that you did the three different heads from different positions. No, I don't. I don't. I don't. No, it's not any good. I was thinking about painting over it. Don't you touch it. I mean, finish it. I promise you, if you'll finish this and let me put this in the art show, I will win in the county of all the county. We had four art things in four of the schools at that time. And we competed and we bring in art teachers from other places and we judged the ones we put up. She said, ah, oh, this one. I said, I'm telling you, there's nothing down there as good as what you just did. We did the art show in May. She won top position from all four schools, was that painting. Why am I telling you this? I've gotten way out on the end of the limb. It's such a good story. Hmm. Oh, okay. I don't know I'm going to put these together. I was going this way, and I was going that, and I was going to make those connect, and I cannot remember how to make those connect. So when, when you take an inventory and stuff and you get this thing about gifts and it, and it says like, well, you're prophetic and, and you're good at this kind of gift and you're good at that kind of gift, you start listening to that, you don't realize, but you've put yourself, you've made a box around yourself. You've boxed yourself in. So take the box off, down. There is no box. The box is something that Christians just had to have a form to put around you. You have the third person of the Godhead in you. He will do whatever you see in Scripture and more at any time He needs to through you. Whether it's one or a thousand times He does it. You've got the gifted one. You don't have spiritual gifts. You've got a person. <clears throat> okay. 
I get it out. I get it. I got it out there, right? The idea. Y'all get it? Okay. So don't don't let something from your heritage. I mean, it's as bad as the Judaizers showing up and saying you got to be circumcised. Well, you know, do you have a spiritual gift for that? You can tell them no without cussing. That's okay. But if you have to kind of make some colorful something, you can do that too. I mean, God will whatever. Thousands of them worshiping in Atlanta. I, w- I would stand on the chairs and go, don't let them put you in a box. You've just experienced the Holy Spirit bringing honor to our Father and to Jesus the Lord to such a level. They were shaking. They were laying on their face. They were, they were doing all kinds of things in that room because they were having an encounter. And then it was, to me, that was really fun because the worship leader that had started all this and had gotten so overpowered by the Spirit kind of got it back together. And he picks up on the song that they've all been singing this one sentence over and over. And he, and he starts preaching. Was that what it was? Or speaking, speaking a paragraph or a couple of paragraphs. Oh, my. He read the Bible. He read, yes, read the Bible, didn't he? My goodness, I want to be in worship times like that, like this morning. I want to, I need that. So that Fox News can't, like, scare me. Or somebody, that what's his name, Tucker has interviewed, you know. I want to tell the World Health Organization, I don't care what you put together. You do not rule the earth. Now, this may all fall in place as before Jesus comes back in person because it does say we won't be able to buy or sell without having the mark of the beast. Forget whatever that is. If that's the World Health and they come up with something or another that says we can't do something, you can't fly on a plane, you can't get a passport unless you got their, their stamp. I, I, Hey, no matter what they do, in whichever country, there's permission from the king of kings. He allows it. And it's all, it's all heading to when Messiah steps down in person again on the top of the Mount of Olives and it splits and fresh water runs into the Dead Sea. It's coming. It's coming. As surely as it's been said in the prophets, it's coming. It's a day closer. Verse 21, For Moses from ancient generations has in every city those who preach him, since he's read in the synagogues every Sabbath. And then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, some other guys, to go down there and take a letter. from. They, took a, they wrote a letter up at Jerusalem. 
And the letter says, verse 23, the apostles and the brethren who are elders to the to the brethren Antioch, Syria, you know, names of places, uh, uh, you know, and the Gentiles too. Greetings. Since we've heard that some of our number to whom we gave no instruction have disturbed you with their words unsettling your souls, it seems good to us, having become of one mind, to select men to send to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we have sent Judas and Silas and who, who themselves have also reported the same things by word of mouth, for it seems good to the Holy Spirit and to us, Holy Spirit, a person, not our gifts, to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these essentials, that you abstain from things sacrificed to idols and from blood and from things strangled and from fornication. And if you keep yourselves free from such things, you will do well, farewell. I started thinking, Patsy and I were talking a little bit about these, this list of four. You know, I went and read a couple of different commentary groups that had not really good things to say about this, but I wonder if maybe they missed it. You know, if you look at this, these four, I can't prove this, but if you look at these things telling the Gentiles to abstain from something, in other words, you Gentiles are not Jewish, so you're from all kinds of walks of life. You're from all kinds of spiritual backgrounds. You've been involved in things. Some of you probably used to go to Molech worship on Thursday nights. You know, you, 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 know, you, you did all kinds of things. So they're saying you need to stay away from these other kinds of idols. Don't, you know, don't sacrifice to, don't go back and do that stuff anymore. Now that you're a Gentile Christian, a Christian who happens to have a Gentile background, don't go do that. Stay away from blood because, like with Molech, that was baby's blood. You know, you took the innocent babies and you sacrificed them to Molech. Okay, that's one of the things. Or from things strangled, you know, that was not a good Jewish thing to do because this was told under Mo Moses, you don't, you don't, don't do these things. From, from fornification, which was, in some of the religions, part of the religious worship was sex with temple prostitutes. No, I went, you know, okay. And you keep yourselves free from such things, you'll do well. So what I hear in that is telling the Gentiles, look. Let's keep this simple. You don't have to go be circumcised. You don't have to do the Jewish stuff. But you can't go back and do the, the, the crazy other stuff to the enemy's forces. You know, you can't go do those things either. You know, we want you to just worship Jesus, God the Father, in the Holy Spirit. So when they, verse 30, so, so when they were sent away and they went down to Antioch, Antioch and they had gathered the congregations together, they delivered the letter in 31, and they had read it, they rejoiced because of his encouragement, I would think, and yeah, it was simple, we can kind of do this. So um, Judas and Silas, also being prophets themselves, encouraged and strengthened the brethren with a lengthy message that shows you that they're prophets, because most of my friends that are prophets usually talk a lot. It's a joke, but it's kind of true. <laughs> it's, 
It's usually true. Yeah, I go, yeah, this carpet will be a long meeting. Um, verse 33, after they spent time there, they, were, they sent away, uh, they, and they were sent away from the brethren in peace to those who had been sent out. It seemed good to Silas to remain there. He was going to stay in town. Paul and Barnabas uh, stayed teaching, preaching, verse 35, for a while. And then Paul said, hey, let's, let's go back around and visit all the brethren in the different cities that we've been in, you know. And then they got in a dispute because Barnabas wanted to take John Mark with him. And you remember he left them on the road when they first started on their missionary journey. And uh, Paul didn't want to, verse 38. Paul kept insisting that they should not take him along because he had deserted them. And, you know, maybe it was younger, whatever. Uh, so it became a sharp disagreement there in 39. And so they separated into two teams. And Barnabas took Mark with him and sailed away to Cyprus. And Paul took Silas and left, being committed by the brethren to the grace of the Lord. He was traveling through Syria, Cilicia, and strengthening the churches. So I know that was kind of like, can any of y'all make this chapter exciting? I mean, it was history. It reminds me of my heritage of, you know. I mean, we really did get in fights over carpet one time. I came from a church in Rainbow City that I can show you three other churches. Each time the church would... It would split off another one, and then, the, and then that one would split. It seemed to have in its heritage this need to split. So there were three, you know, they're still there. I don't know if the churches are still there or not, but there were three. Anybody got something? Or we'll, let's stop broadcasting, y'all, because, hey, thanks for tuning in. Todd's real good at saying all this stuff. Four o'clock, I'm going to copy his thing. He just repeats it. He's so good at it. He just says this little thing about, and you can go online and give stuff, and you can do this, and you can do that. And 